everybody, it's the Box Office Bomb Squad. This is where we break down some of the biggest bombs to ever hit theaters. And today's bomb is 2010's The Wolfman. I didn't know you hunted monsters. Sometimes monsters hunt you. Maybe oh, dramatic in the swamp. Maybe the swamp is in him. <laughs> I'm surprised you just didn't keep that to play for this. <laughs> Until I cut the sound and then listened to it, I didn't realize that's what it was because it's such a forgettable little part of the movie. Uh, yeah, and then as soon as I played it for you before uh, we rolled, I was like, ah, dang. <laughs> and I do keep all the sounds, so I still have the swamp sound. It, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> that was a, a man thing. Yeah. 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 No. Yep. 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 Oh boy. So this movie, $150 million budget. It's a big budget for 2010. Yeah. Uh, made 142.6 million. Almost made the bare minimum back of, of being considered a wash. Uh, but of course, you know, with marketing, this movie was a huge failure. Uh, and we talked about the failed Dark Universe stuff in the past. We're not going to go into that in this. But uh, this movie debuted on February 12th, 2010, which is weird. They didn't put it for like a Halloween-esque time because it is a, a, a monster movie. It lost to, surprise, surprise, Valentine's Day. That uh, <laughs> love movie with like everybody in it. Julia Roberts, Anne Hathaway, Jessica Biel, Bradley Cooper, Jamie Foxx, Taylor Swift, Ashton Kutcher, Taylor Lautner, Jessica Alba, Emma Roberts, Patrick Dempsey. Like everybody's in it. Let's throw all so, the names at it. That'll be good. Yeah, I mean, they've done it before with New Year's Eve, and then um, there's another one that's like that, too. They, it's like There's like three movies in that series of let's put everybody we know in this and hope that it works. Um uh, and of course it lost to that. It, it, this was like a Valentine's day weekend. And they were like, well, people do like horror movies on Valentine's day, I guess. So here's this. And so it came in second after Valentine's day, it beat, I mean, ever so closely, barely beat Percy Jackson, and the Olympians, the lightning thief, um, which is interesting. Cause this is famously not a weekend that, you take kids to go see films nope. and in fourth place, just to mention because of where we are right now in 2023, uh, it was avatar it was still on. It was in his 57th day. Holy crap. <laughs> that one hung in there. Oh yeah. And it made four four point five million $4.5 million that weekend. So like huh. it had, uh, it had stuck around for a bit, uh, man. Uh, Cause it was funny is like, there was another movie that was sticking around theaters for just ever around this time. And I remember this movie really well. Cause I went and saw it. This movie didn't like make a ton of money, but if you remember the movie crazy heart with Jeff bridges and, uh, Oh um, yeah. 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 Bradley Cooper, I believe. Uh -huh. Yeah. It, that movie was like in its 59th week at this point. Cause it debuted the week before avatar. And basically there was this fun, and this has nothing to do with Wolfman, but it was there was this fun little bit in this time period in 2010 where Avatar stood for the big budget films and Crazy Heart stood for this small independent film. So there was still like so much support for both of them. And it was very interesting. It's just like a, a, a snapshot of film that I remember that I thought was really cool. Uh, and then, of course, within that mess, the Wolfman came out Um and you know, 
I don't want to get into too much before we start the next segment. So, you know what? Let's just, let's talk about it. You know how many fucking bugs they produce that? <laughs> so many probes in so many holes. That reminds me of a big poop. Had to be an ass joke. Oh my God. Let's talk about it. So, uh... <laughs> I guess uh, well, to kind of tell people, we watch the unrated version, just so you guys know. So there's a couple scenes that we might talk about that some people may not know. If you just saw the theatrical version, I did not know we were watching the uncut version. So randomly, there's a scene on a train where fucking Max von Sadow shows up. And I'm like, what? What the fuck is he doing here? And then he, you know, gives him the cane out of nowhere. He's like, here's a silver cane. You should have this. And then he's gone. Never shows up ever again. And I was like, what the fuck was that? I don't remember that. I do not remember that because I saw this movie at least twice before. And I was like, I do not remember this at all. And then I looked and it was like, oh, yeah, you're watching the the unrated version. I was like, oh, well, okay. When I get us a movie, I get us a movie. Yeah, I try to. It I is, try to give them every last little hope that they can possibly have. Really, yeah, G, uh, Gene Simmons was supposed to show up in this film uh, as a gypsy, and apparently they did some filming of it, and it just didn't. It didn't work. And by the way, I know that gypsy is a, a phrase that we shouldn't be using because it's offensive to the Romani people, and that's I, I understand completely. Uh, and for the sake of. This podcast, they're referred to as gypsies constantly, and I know that was 13 years ago. So times were a little different, so excuse us if we use that f- term to explain what they're doing in the movie because these aren't actually Romani people that are in this film. No, this is just a yeah. It's, it's a character. Like Geraldine Chaplin plays the uh, the gypsy wise woman. That's Charlie Chaplin's daughter. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, there's no. There's no Romani about this shit. They're just people, right? And they they put them in scarves and stereotypical looks. Fucking Rick Baker was one. He dies pretty quickly. He's the long. He has the long gray hair. He gets tackled oh, off yeah. the screen by. Yeah, that's Rick Baker, the guy who designed the makeup, who is fantastic. By the way. All of you. And he did most of them at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so, movie is gory. Uh, it's got some blood. It's got some guts. He's chewing on a liver at one point. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, <laughs> there's a scene that makes me kind of laugh because, like, uh, when they're in the uh, uh, sanitarium and that creepy, like, orderly who's, like, smiling really big when he's torturing him, like, he seems to really get off on torture. He really enjoys it. But there's like a scene where he turns into this giant six foot five wolf man and he's like ripping through leather strings and he's, you know, roaring and howling and you're like, holy shit. And then this orderly is like going to inject him with the with this medicine. And you're like, really, really think that's going to fucking work. He, he really wanted to be a hero, that guy. And he ends hey, up getting fucking gutted. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> It was really funny because he like he guts him like he's laying on the ground and then he stands up and he's holding like the piece of flesh in his mouth, you know. So it's just Benicio no. del Toro in this makeup with this big slimy fucking. It, it looked like a liver. It was probably yeah, like a beef like liver. A, it was super. It was super but, smooth. Yeah. You said there with it hanging in his mouth like, and then he drops it and I'm like, it's, okay. It it kind of is the same look uh, that my dog gets when she's in the trash and I catch her. 
really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So uh, where do we want to start? Let's start with Anthony Hopkins because, holy shit, was he asleep for this film? Uh, A little bit, yeah. He is mumbling everything he says and just kind of not emoting. And then they try to excuse it later when he's like, "Uh, you can see in my eyes that I am quite dead. And But, like, did you not giggle a little bit whenever uh, after – Lawrence gets attacked by what we find out to be John, which is Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. When Anthony Hop- Anthony Hopkins is there and he goes to the wagon, looks down at his son, BC Del Toro, who's like been mutilated by this wolf, and he goes, Dear mother of God. <laughs> and he just delivers it just like that that was an accurate representation (laughs) so flat it was so funny i'm like wow anthony you're really really trying this uh you know he's just like dear mother god help me get him in i was like what and what's really funny is emily blunt is like overacting in this film yeah, and she bit. has to and, and it, it it throws the scales off so yes. much like when she's in a scene it it it's so out of place because well, everyone else Hugo is Weaving, just oy. yeah her and Hugo Weaving are the only redeemed because I love Benicio Del Toro but you can tell that what he was doing was trying to like mirror Anthony Hopkins performance because they're supposed to be father and son so Benicio del Toro, who's usually so charming, comes off really, really boring as well. Yeah. But Emily Blunt and Hugo Weaving are just trying their hardest to liven this shit up. Hugo Weaving's speech to the uh, the barmaid uh, about why he's at the bar is great. She's like, shouldn't you be out there hunting this thing? And he's like, well, I'm in here where the victims are. And then, like some guy in the background is like... Spits his drink out, you know. I'm just like, oh, okay. And he goes, you know, like uh, 90% of the people in this area live here. And since it's been killing just people from this area, I assumed the best place to be would be where all the people are. So I'm standing next to my bait. Yeah. And I was like, I loved how, like, just he's like, rules. I can't remember the lady's name, but he's just so straightforward with her. It was great. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. I do like um, quite a bit just in general. Oh yeah. And, and I had mentioned before that Hugo Weaving's character in this Miss Kirk was her name, by the way. Um, he was supposed to be what kind of tied in the dark universe for a sequel because clearly at the end of this, he is the new Wolfman. Oh yeah. He gets bit and he sees that full moon and then we hear the howl and you know, blah, blah, blah. So there's a possibility. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> there is a possibility, or there's a universe in which this movie didn't fail completely, and we got a Hugo Weaving vamp or werewolf film where I believe he would be investigating murders as a wolf done man? by Dracula. Oh yeah, yeah. he's he's That'd he is cool. a, he's a wolf that's cop. The uh, that's the same. <laughs> yeah, he is wolf cop. That's that's the same universe that like Crystal Pepsi and Coke Black still exist. Yeah, Coke 2 is still out there. Yeah. Remember Coke 2? Oh, when when New Coke failed terribly in the 90s and they were like, 
well, here, there's the old formula back, but they're like, we're not going to waste all this fucking Coke we have. So they just put out Coke 2 for like three years just to get rid of all their surplus <laughs> or whatever they had. <laughs> uh, so how about that uh, special guest appearance from Gollum in this film? Right? What that was, was the wolf boy. I don't understand the wolf boy part of this. I, listen, th- when you start thinking about this film, shit falls apart real fast. Real fast. Yeah. <laughs> but like Anthony Hopkins was, is like a, a hunter, I guess in his younger days. And he's in uh, where, what, where did he say he was? Was he in Bangladesh? I believe. Um, oh, maybe he was somewhere else. I can't remember. Uh, but he heard about a creature in the mountains and it was like a little wolf boy that bit him and it gave him the werewolf disease. But it's like, what's the deal with the wolf boy? Are there like pure born werewolves out there? What the hell was that all about? Why, why did Singh decide to be his manservant for all these years? If he's just there to kill him, if something were to happen, like Singh is an interesting character that we don't get enough of no, as well, by the way. We don't get anything out of him, really, for yeah. the most part. We, we get that one little speech where he's, you know, he says that dumb line <laughs> about hunting. And then, like, sometimes he's you kind are of in our the wolf. Sometimes <laughs> the wolf is in you. <laughs> and he, he kind of is our character where we're like, oh, he gets it. He knows what needs to be done. But then he just dies off screen. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, sure, I guess. Um, the asylum torture. <laughs> so basically, uh, Anthony Hop. For people that haven't seen the film, Anthony Hopkins is a werewolf, but he's wanting to enjoy being a werewolf and just like fuck shit up constantly. And so he basically frames his son, who is a werewolf into be looking like he's the one who's done all these murders, which he's done at least a few of them. Cause he killed, yeah. he, he killed that guy and ripped his arm off and then the arm fired the gun. <laughs> and one of the only comedic scenes in the film, which I yeah. don't get why that was randomly in there. Cause Benicio del Toro's werewolf loves to rip things off people and then throw it at other people. And it just, have you ever seen, uh, Oh my God. I'll, I'll look it up while I'm, I'm talking. Um, <laughs> yeah fdr american badass um i've seen i've seen the cover art i remember that okay. but i don't so i've never seen the movie in that movie the threat to america is werewolves right okay and at the beginning of the film a werewolf kills one of the guys and then he rips like his heart out and he just throws it and hits the other guy in the face with it and the guy stops and goes why would you do that <laughs> like and that's just every time Benicio del toro's character kills somebody and throws a body part at somebody i just imagine that line <laughs> why would you do that <laughs> like why would you take the time to do that <laughs> well i can't remember what that's from but that's something too but oh my god it's Humans are really easy to kill. You don't have to also pelt us with each other's body parts. <laughs> yeah, it's he like loves to embarrass them as well. Uh, well, he, you know what? He is a theater man. You know, he's That's an true. actor. He's all about that I mean, He is definitely um, not a. Uh, oh my god, that a, delivery dramatic. of Hamlet at the beginning! <laughs> not a dramatic actor. That's for sure. <laughs> that delivery of Hamlet, alas, poor York. I knew him well. He was a. Of uh, 
Man. Just and fun. What I'm is... like, wow, we this is bad. <laughs> but again, I think he's mirroring Anthony Hopkins' performance, and it made his performance worse. Because Del Toro was all about this film. He wanted this so bad. I mean, he sat in that makeup chair for so long to do these werewolf scenes. I, I mean, I don't know, man. I just feel like he put his, some of his own money up for this. He was one of the uh, producers, so I'm like, yeah, he, he wasn't just there going, oh, I fucking hate this and collecting a paycheck. So I'm really confused on why yeah. he gives us such a dull performance. I was trying to find where it happens, um, but there's there's a there's some movie out there where, if I remember correctly, Christopher Lambert actually says the Alaspo York line. In that, but he's he's it's a clip from like it's a it's a movie inside of the movie, so it's it's not supposed to be good. It's like really bad. Oh, he said it better. I mean, because he he said it just like Christopher Lambert says things, you know. Yeah, Highlander just whispers them into the camera. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) did Hamlet too. He did in Last Action Hero, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, 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 that was good too. Not to To be. be. <laughs> Not to be. Blows it up. God, uh, last action awesome. hero. <laughs> Say goodnight, sweet prince. Uh, that, the voiceover on that is so good. I'm the famous comedian Arnold Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> <laughs> wow, God, I wish we did that movie. You know what? Uh, once a year, we're gonna do a movie we want to do. Uh, so we need to start throwing names in a hat. We gotta figure out what month we do it on, though. You know, like, yeah, do we do it as a year end thing? Because we were doing Christmas films, but from our list, it looks like we're... Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of Christmas films it, that bomb. That fail, yeah. Most of them do pretty well. The only ones that fail are the ones that have an enormous budget. Yeah. So maybe in the year end, we'll start doing a movie we enjoy, and we'll just gush about it. Or maybe we'll do April something weird. Day. Ooh, April. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. We're coming up with things on the fly. Woo! <laughs> Uh, sorry. Uh, kill all of you. <laughs> that's the most emotion he gets in that. And yeah. I'm not going to discredit the look of this film. It's actually quite pretty. Yes. Um, I the will CG say it was not bad. I for 2010, it's very good. I saw a lot of reviews saying that oh, there's too much CG and all this. Honestly, I I mean, I get the practical always looks really cool and is really neat, but I mean, I'm. I'm okay with the CG. I thought it looked it, it looked fine. Good. I would have preferred it to be practical. You got Rick Baker. He did American Werewolf in yeah. in Paris. I mean, he or American Werewolf in London. Yeah. He knows he, how to he did the werewolf transformation. I think he won you know? an award. He won an award for that and he yeah. won an award for this one for yeah. the werewolf makeup itself, which the werewolf looks amazing. The were, werewolves look fantastic because they look I mean, they're obviously werewolves, but they you can tell who it is in the yeah, makeup, which is, which is awesome. Which makes me giggle because Anthony Hopkins <laughs> is... It looks a little a little strange. I say, okay, so first off... He's ripped, though. Way to go, Tony. He's like a short, chubby man. <laughs> so the chest of this werewolf is enormous because they put they pad muscles on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it makes him look even bigger. Uh, and so they sometimes go out of the way to make sure you can't notice how short he is. But Anthony Hopkins is five, nine, which I know isn't like super short, but it looks super short compared to 
any actor who is slightly above height because he's getting older and he doesn't stand up, you know, completely straight. Uh, when he starts growing hair, because Benny's they'll throw, by the way, a six foot two. He's my height. So, uh, but uh, when he starts growing hair and stuff, uh, it and he's like, you're my heir. And he's like, got this weird voice. I'm like, what is going And then, like all of a sudden, like Anthony Hopkins wakes up. I really think Anthony Hopkins wanted just to be a werewolf through most of this film and was like (laughs) really excited to get in the makeup. And he was just super bummed when he had to do scenes without it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Like it's, it's the only excuse I have for that, that performance of his, the tiger print on him is weird. I don't get that. Like he's wearing tiger print robes and stuff. Oh yeah. 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 I thought you meant in his fur. I was like, wait a minute. What? That would have been awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's like cheetah fur. <laughs> so do you like how they excuse Benicio Del Toro's accent in this? Oh, uh, that he was uh, shipped off to an asylum in America, right? His aunt in America raised him. Yeah. Because everyone else is fucking British in this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean at least they, I guess at least they explained it. Yeah. I, I it, love it whenever they're like, oh, our uh, voices don't match up. Um, <clears throat> Geostorm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we know from last week uh, when yeah. I was talking about playing, I forgive a lot of shit when it comes to a Jerry Butler film. But like, uh, true. <laughs> it, it is always funny when they're like, all right, we better have an excuse of why these guys don't sound the same. And then like this was real quick. And I'm like, sure. You know what? If I was a rich guy and I didn't want people to know about my crazy kid, I'd probably send him to another country to go to an asylum. It makes sense. Yeah. But then here's what confuses me, right? So maybe, maybe I'm thinking – too much into this. So he went to an asylum in London for a while and then went to America, not in an asylum because the asylum guy who doesn't look much older than him is still the doctor. Whenever he goes back after he kills those people and he thinks he, and he thinks he's a werewolf. Yeah. So do they know each other from previous times or, was that guy in America? I, they don't really explain any of that, but they should have chosen an older actor because the doctor is like five, ten years older than Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, he's not much older. Yeah. So it, it comes off really weird because it's like, oh, well, that guy's the same fucking age. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like uh, he would be that far off from him. Let's see. Anthony Schur is his name. Anthony Schur... Oh, is he dead? That's sad. He died a couple of years ago. Uh, but he was born in 1949. And oh, Del Toro was born. Uh, in 67. So, yeah, eight years apart. So, again... If he was there as a boy, a little boy, by the way, we see him because Asa Butterfield plays him as a little kid. Yeah. The doctor was only eight years older than him. The doctor was 18. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Dookie Hauser, MD. <laughs> yeah, there's Dookie Hauser. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you give the psychological doctors? I, I don't know. Back in that time period, I don't even know if you had to have a license. You've got ghosts in your blood. You should do cocaine about <laughs> it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were like, dip him in the ice water. That'll he's, heal it. He's yeah. He's got a ba- He's got uh, a imbalance of the humors. Yeah, and then 
they shock him and it, that's all very cartoony and wild. Yeah. Hey, some people dunk themselves in ice water. To oh, work, I was going to have go you cut another line that was like really badly delivered. Uh, but whenever he's in that prison cell and, and Anthony Hopkins comes to visit him and reveal that he's a werewolf and he's enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, he goes, you killed my mother. <laughs> That's how he says it. It's really weird. Like, he, he sounds like he's doing the Mandarin from Iron Man 3. He's like, you killed my mother. I'm like, what the fuck was that? It was a weirdly delivered line. And he's like, Anthony Hopkins is like, oh, yeah, I suppose so. Because that's his character, this whole thing, is he's just like mumbling and whimpering through every line. It's very weird. Yeah. Not, very weird Not very enjoyable. So You get some side boob from Emily Blunt, though. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Go girl. Um, there are uh, so I, I found out that the production of this movie was kind of a joke. Um, really? Yeah. So the um, well, I know the director was like a last minute thing. It's Joe Johnson. Yeah, Joe, Joe Johnson America. was pulled in with three weeks of prep. Oh, he had three weeks to go from "Hey Joe, you want to do this movie?" to shooting the movie. Um, you know, he has said that it. It was it was an absolute mess trying to pull it all together and cut make sure the budget was right and all this different stuff. Then on top well, of the re- wasn't the release moved like multiple times within efforts announcement? Yeah, yeah, it was moved all over the place. It was originally I believe supposed to be like November two thousand eight. Oh my! And then it was uh, it ended up you know it was pushed back to like February twelfth you know two thousand nine. So I mean you figure. It's only a couple months, but that's the difference between right after Halloween and fucking Valentine's Day. Like yeah. you said, that I mean that's that's bad. That's not cool. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So um and then you got uh, at that point so they they had decided on uh, February 2009. Then it moved to April 2009. Then it got delayed again to November 2009. Where it should have stayed because then their next their next one February 12th, 2009. Let's try it again. Why not? One, later, one year later. Um, so there was uh, extensive reshoots, lots of additional visual effects, which, you know, cost a lot of money, but do look cool. Um, I wonder if any of the reshoots were cutting out the story arc of Anthony Hopkins' character wanting to bang Emily Blunt, because that's like, yeah, that's something he talks about for a second, but we never get a hint of that, ever. No. He, he eyeballs her hard. But it's only at one point that they say it. And then yeah. he's like, they're like, oh, well, they say you remind him of his mother. And that's it. And then we're done with that conversation. We never go back to it. And I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck? I, it probably would have that arc. Because after uh, after all the reshoots and all this stuff, um, Walter Merck or Merch was hired um, in post-production to replace the original um, Dennis Verkler. Uh, the editor, and wow. he was set there to recut the entire movie. And yeah, this is like a chaos walking situation. Yeah, where the, yeah like, it's horrible. Yeah. And then even down to the music, I enjoyed this much more than chaos walking. I did too. So the music was originally uh, Danny Elfman. Okay, which right. everybody loves. Danny Elfman. He's a he's an he, amazing. He's a little he's a little too upbeat for something this dreary. But I get sure. it. Uh, so then they they bring in um, Paul Hasslinger to replace okay. Danny Elfman, but then okay. 
the studio decides to keep some of Danny Elfman's score mm-hmm. and combine it with music from Conrad Pro- Pope. Oh, Conrad Pope's good. Uh, yeah. hmm. So you have all you have three different composers, which I guess makes sense why the movie sounds so different. But I thought they were just doing like a location thing. Yeah. Because, like, when they're in London and the London attack is happening, which is, by the way, the best part of the film, yes. the transformation, the attack in London, that whole bit, I got no complaints about it. Oh, yeah. Um, like, if, if you're watching that film and you just see that, you'll go, how is this terrible? And it's like, well, wait till characters show up and start sleepily talking in their lines. But uh, I thought they were just doing, like, a oh, well, while we're at the uh, mansion, we're going to have this kind of music. When we're at the gypsy encampment, we're going to have this kind of music. When we're at London, we're going to have this kind of music. Instead, you're just telling me that it was just because they had to Frankenstein, pun intended, together Uh, a a bunch of actual music they had into making the actual music for this film. They not only did it, but they chose to do it. There's an ongoing joke that some of the summer interns at Universal had more creative control over this movie than the director did. Well, Joe Johnson micromanaged to death has done some good films, uh, but he's also a yes man for studios. Yeah. Like he's brought in to do what the studio asked him to do. You know. Yeah, he's quoted as saying, uh, the production was a leaky, rudderless ship in a perfect storm, suffering from bad decisions, infighting, reluctance of the powers that be to take responsibility, and too many underqualified cooks in the kitchen. Huh. So Interesting. Because, I mean, uh, you can't blame it on him. This is the guy who did Honey, I Trunk the Kids. He did Jumanji. He did The Rocketeer. He did... Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, God dang. Uh, kept the first Captain America, the first Avenger. This guy is a decent director, but he does do whatever the studio tells him to do. He's one of those guys. He's a good old Texas boy, and he's like, what do you want me to do? All right, well, I'll do that. And sometimes you get gold, where basically he was told to kind of let Matt Frewer and uh, Rick Moranis kind of do their thing for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which is why if you haven't watched that movie in a long time, mm-hmm. go back and watch it. Oh, it's yeah. Fu- it fucking stands up, yeah. and they're funny in it. Those two characters are fucking funny in it. And he, he let them do their thing, and it worked. But sometimes when you're, a studio tells you what to do and the studio doesn't have any fucking idea what's going on, you get this. <laughs> yeah. And the, this is very clearly what happened. So. Exactly. Oh, man. So let's take a minute huh. and reminisce about uh, life and our decisions. And Oh, you mean go go into the... The random flashback room of the mansion. <laughs> Think about it's that wolf boy as we go to, to an ad. <laughs> go to a room, have a flashback. And now a word from our sponsor. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. And then you come out of the room and a giant ball of bong smoke follows you and you realize why it's the flashback room. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, Singh had that sticky icky in there. Yeah, the Sheik was putting all this stuff in there. That's why. <laughs> he's picking sense. it up from, uh, <laughs> he's got that gypsy good. Uh, but, uh, so, um, before we hit the next segment, uh, I want to ask you a question. I am going to try to keep track of kills in these films. And there are <laughs> kill count people out there that do the kill count for me, which is fantastic. Um, How many kills do you think were in this film? Oh God. On screen, uh, confirmed kills. It can't be like, 
oh well he killed twelve he killed twelve men the other day. Like you can't they can't be something mentioned. It has to be what we see on screen. Um I'm gonna say one hundred and eleven. Oh, only twenty eight kills. Really? Only twenty eight on screen kills. Yeah, Holy most of the stuff shit, we see seems like it kills so many people. He really doesn't kill that many people. And what's funny is Anthony Hopkins kills eleven people, and Emily Blunt kills one. And we're assuming so, that if he slashes somebody, they're dead, right? Are yeah, we? Are we? Because uh, there's a couple people when he attacks a gypsy camp that are just like missing legs, and it's like they probably they're, died? they're considered dead. They're okay, considered dead okay. because because we're confirmed by Hugo Weaving. He says, "Well, I was going to ask the victims, but none of them survived." Oh, so okay. we we are confirming that if we see them get slashed on screen, they are dead. There's just not that many deaths. He only kills like three Crap. people in the asylum. He kills the orderly. He kills a random guy getting to the doctor. And then he throws the doctor out the fucking window because they huh. wanted to include a joke at that point. Cause remember he says the chances of him turning into a werewolf are the same as me as turning into a bird and flying out that window. So ah. then the werewolf, the werewolf because of that werewolf is fucking sassy. Yeah. It's like, sassy I'm going to throw you out the window, bitch. It's <laughs> what you get. Uh, you want to awesome. fly out that window? I'll fly you out that window. Uh, uh, sassy werewolves. Sassy werewolves. All right, Jesse. It's time for the five degrees of Joe Morton. I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Uh, so this one is my turn. Uh, I got okay. it in two. Okay. Uh, I get, I went uh, Benicio del Toro to Giancarlo Carlo Esposito in The Usual Suspects, uh, one of my personal yeah. favorite movies of all time. Great film. And uh, Giancarlo to Joe in Ali. Yep. All right. All right. Very good. I went a very different route. Um, the old man that gives the speech about his uh, mother being scared of werewolves in the bar. Uh-huh. That is Clive Russell. That actor is an old British actor. He's done a lot of things. He's very good. He was on Game of Thrones. He played the Blackfish. If anybody's seen Game of Thrones, they know the Blackfish was a fucking badass. He was cool oh, as hell. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the Blackfish was with, obviously, Jason Momoa was also in Game of Thrones, who Joe Morton started alongside in Justice League. <laughs> yes, I use Justice League a lot. That's right. I use Ali a lot. And, uh, it's a big cast. Ali speed and executive decision. Oh, that's why I made. I use uh, you know, Justice League, American Gangster, and The Pest. I try to connect things to uh, Astronaut's Wife, but it doesn't always work. So, uh, well, Jesse, it's our favorite time. Should it, Bob? I hope the movie Old fails as good as I hope it does. But that doesn't make any fucking sense, Brain. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> um, no. Just like the mummy. If you remember, I also said no. Mm-hmm. 
I say no because I want the Universal Monster movies to work, and I like this cast if they weren't half asleep. Yeah, and there's again, this is one of those films where so many parts work, but it just when it comes together, it just fails, and and frankly, a little boring at bits. Yeah, it is. It is a little boring. I I like that it has an old timey monster movie feel to it oh i, they, I think they were able to setting was that. the smart move yeah yeah because you did get rid of like technology you get rid of cameras you get rid of all that that's where like the mummy having like a plane crash and like the army dropping bombs it, it kind of like threw you out of like well i feel like the military is way more threatening than the mummy and in this he does feel like something that this village cannot fight against and it made it really interesting uh but they did that classic thing where they made the monster a hero and we got good guy you know Bisto del toro sure and i feel like we just don't need to do that like there's no reason the werewolf can't be its own character that that wolf man is a monster who kills and hurts and yeah. on his other side is the good guy larry talbot we yeah. can do that but they refuse to accept that the psyche is different and that it, they think it's the same. And they even play with that in this. Cause Emily Blunt's like, you know me, you know me. And he doesn't hurt her. Yeah. And she fucking blasts him to the chest with the silver bullet because of that. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get for trusting a woman. Yeah. Keep but, your shit separate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just, at least the mummy made the mummy a bad guy. It gave us a ridiculous superpowered human, which makes no sense. But like, the monsters can be monsters, you know, yeah. Frankenstein. You can kind of play with the fact that maybe he's not a hundred percent bad, uh, you know, but like, just let the wolf be that primal wolf. What let it be what Anthony Hopkins is describing. You know, I just, it just fell apart because they tried so hard to go, well, what if this wolf is good? And like, do you really think Larry Talbot was a good guy? Like being raised rich and being, you know, he always had money to do whatever he wanted and he became a stage actor. We saw him like about to go into an orgy with the entire cast at the the very beginning of the film. So it's like he's probably probably pretty shitty. And oh, yeah. I feel like maybe this movie, maybe some of the reshots made him look better. But I don't know, man. Maybe. Just but, I mean, yeah, I agree. Let let the let the let monster, monster be a monster. monster. Yeah, man. That's a, I'm going to get that tattooed. Let a monster be a monster. <laughs> um, I will say I, I won't watch it again, but if anyone likes older monster movies or just you know werewolves in general, I would tell them to give it a shot. They might like in it. The, you know, in the know. grand scheme of werewolf movies, most of them are bad. Yeah. You do get like you do get some gems out there. Um the obviously old. American Werewolf in London is amazing. Uh if you haven't seen Dog Soldiers, fucking watch it. Yeah. Amazing werewolf film. With uh this is somewhere in the middle. My favorite uh werewolves of all time were probably uh where where werewolves, not swear wolves. <laughs> oh <laughs> where we are wolves. Well from have you, have, um, have you watched that? No, I haven't. But that it's that one's from them, what we do it, in the shadows. Yeah, but Rice Darby isn't in the show, but they have a show about those werewolves. Really? Yeah, oh, and then Rice uh, Darby makes it. Yeah, Rice Darby's fantastic. <laughs> I love him and everything. Yeah, even in the Jumanji movies. Yeah, 
Dude. Watch our watch our flagman's death because he is fucking amazing in that. Him, it's him and Taika Waititi who we've talked about on here yep. many times, yep. and they are so good together. I haven't had a chance. I watched the first episode, and I haven't been able to watch any of the other ones yet. But oh my yeah, god, it's so got, good! I it just gets them. better and better. Yeah. Uh, what are we? Why are we talking about that? Let's talk about what we're doing next week first. Let's find out. So we're gonna probably, I don't know, make this one a little faster than the last one. Are we? I mean, <laughs> 1983's Crawl. Oh! <laughs> he didn't know what part I was going to make fast, but I made a part of it fast. Damn it. Yeah, this movie, uh, I... I remember so watching there, this when I was a kid. So there was a... I, I probably did, because this feels like something my dad would, would have had on at some point. Uh, but... I was like a pretentious douche for a while there. And I watched like the 100 movies, uh, one of our best movies, AFI's list. But I found another list that was like 100 cult movies. And so I started watching through those and I've seen some wild movies because of that. (laughs) This movie is in that list. as just like a movie that failed terribly, but like has a huge cult following. Uh, But I will admit I haven't, I haven't watched the film since, I was probably 20, 25, maybe uh, over 10 years ago. So it will be interesting to watch it again in my old eyes where I'm kind of more, I, I hate certain things more, but I like certain other things more. So should be interesting. I, 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 I distinctly remember the weapon because yeah. it's like, it's used a lot. And when you talk about nerd weapons, it's always imaged and it's, the glaive, even though it's not a glaive at all. <laughs> no, not really. A glaive is like a spear with a sword at the end, and they're like, "This is a glaive." It's like that's more like a chakra or a chakram or whatever, whatever Xena throws. But okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, that should be exciting. Yeah, well, nice. Uh, it's a it's I an like older one, an older one. Yeah, yeah. and it's that's the good. debut of uh, Robbie Coltrane and Liam Neeson. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, so the movie Excalibur, I was a big fan of that movie. It's the 80s as well. And I know that this movie tried to like borrow a lot of things from Star Wars and Excalibur. So kind of see where it goes from there. But, uh, I know Robbie Coltrane is dubbed in this because I know that famously they dubbed British people with American accents. So then America would accept it more. And he was one of them. I think the female lead, but, I'll, I'll do some research, but uh, that's that's studios. Just like this movie got fucked by studios. Studios like to fuck shit up. But uh, what? But oh, you know what? It's the new segment, Jesse. Time for the it new segment. Is the new segment. What are we watching? What are you watching? So, uh, watch do I know they're bad? Yes, I know they're bad. Do I accept Sorry. that they're bad? Yes, I accept that they're bad. 1999's The Astronaut's Wife. Who wants to go first, me or you? I think I went first last time, okay. so you go. Sure, I'll go first this time. Uh, so I have been watching Doom Patrol. I am a couple hey. episodes in. It is phenomenal. So I'm good. getting a hell of a kick out of it. Um, Frazier. Yeah, so good, National, man. National treasure right there. Hell yeah. Um, and then I also uh, finally got to watch the movie Bullet Train with Brad hey. Pitt. Um, that was, that was a blast, just an absolute blast. And I love the fact that the one character, 
Uh, I forget what his name, Carter, uh, maybe. Or it was the person that Brad Pitt was actually doing the job for. Yeah, Carter. Carter. Ends up being a cameo of Ryan Reynolds when oh, yeah. um, Brad Pitt was the cameo of um, the Invisible Man in yeah. Deadpool. It, so it, it was a fun little, I did. I scratch your back and I scratch mine. Yeah. I, if you like... Um, kind of the hitman who's not who's not really a hitman or not trying to be a hitman yeah oh god it's such a good story it, it's just a blast and some of the names in it are crazy um i oh, did yeah. not it, know that the guy i forget what his character's name is he's a british gent with long hair through the movie fantastic character in the movie he was the kid who played jacket or played uh kick and I'm yeah. like, oh my god, Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson, yeah, that's yeah. Silver as well. Like Jesus, that guy got jacked. <laughs> yeah, he he might be the new uh, James Bond. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I'd be okay with that. I still want to see Idris Elba as James Bond, but I it's fine. It is what it is. How about you? Ooh. Any? Are you playing any games or anything? Um. I even after our conversation, I have still not bought the new the anniversary whatever edition of Skyrim yet. Uh, um, the game that I have stints where for no reason whatsoever, I do not have an explanation for it other than just pure relaxation. I get stuck playing Farm Simulator 2022. I have recently done that. Um, I picked it up and I've I've played it probably a, I don't know probably five or six hours over the last week. Just really farming shoregum. I was a cotton farmer, then I went to wheat, and then I I think I'm sticking to shore gum. I uh, huh. turn it into flour, and then I make it into bread, and then I sell the bread. Uh, you know, harvesters, <laughs> headers, trailers, cedars. You betcha. I grew I grew up <laughs> on a farm, so like, man, I just am not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get yeah, that. I'm just like, fuck that, man. I've done that. And I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> Girlfriend makes fun of me because every once in a while we'd be driving down the highway and I'll see uh, a trailer or farm equipment. I'm like, that right there, that's that's a good looking header right there. Uh, that's what that yeah. is. <laughs> oh, boy, you're my dad now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, uh, uh, any, any, you even listen to any certain music? Anything new? Anything you want to suggest? Oh man, my music tastes go from Sinatra to Slipknot. I listen to everything. Um, however, I am I I do sing in a band, and because of that, I listen to a lot of the music that I have to sing to practice it. Sure. Um, I ha- I don't li- I haven't listened to anything new. I don't listen to much new music. Okay. Um. So yeah, so, just like fifty, uh, sixty, seventy. Throw us out. Throw us out one song that you think that maybe maybe the audience hasn't listened to that they should listen to it. Oh man, I'll I'll throw out I'll throw out an album for you. Oh okay. Uh, and it's movie related. So normally I will always say that the original artist is the best artist. However, um, the movie Beyond the Sea with Kevin Spacey, where he played <laughs> Bobby Darren. Um, yeah. yeah, I know, but, um, he, he sang all the songs in the movie and the soundtrack is pretty phenomenal. It's a shame. Uh, he's one of those people that's like, man, it sucks that you're a piece of shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, it, 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 you run that risk with anyone famous, unfortunately. No. Oh, yeah. So yeah. they are two very different people at home and in the spotlight. Yeah. <sighs> Sad. Anyway, 
<laughs> what have I been watching? Movie wise, I was gonna go see Plane, and I ended up not being able to see it. Something came up, but I did Jerry, stay home no. and I watched. I watched Amsterdam, which is the the Margot Robbie Christian Bale film, and um, so that movie's getting kind of torn apart right now uh, for being kind of just hard to follow and not very good. And I just really like De- John David Washington, and that's the guy from Tenet. He's just fantastic. So this cast. Other than the three I just mentioned, also has Taylor Swift and Rami Malek and Anya Taylor Joy and Robert De Niro. Oh, my boy I mean, Timothy got, Oliphant. Yeah, yeah, he's not in it a lot, but he's in there. Uh, so it's got like a crazy great cast. Um, the movie is a mess. Like it, it's just it does it has zero flow to it. I enjoyed it. I wanted to enjoy it much more than I did. So there's part of me that like forced a little bit of enjoyment on there. But I, I think if you like those people and you like murder mysteries, cause it is in part a murder mystery, I think you'll enjoy it, but it's not the best thing. If you, if you really want to find a murder mystery, I suggest like glass onion, if you're looking at a new thing Ooh, yeah, and that's, that's also got a big ensemble cast. Yep. Um, TV. I just watched the Paul T. Goldman finale. Just fucking perfect show, man. <laughs> just so wild and crazy that this guy's mind is the way it is. And believe it or not, in the time that we talked, there's only one episode and the amount of twist in that episode. So good. So good, man. It's just, God damn, you can barely, it, this guy's like Michael Scott brought to life and it's just insane. Um, <laughs> I also watched Velma because everyone was talking about how bad it is. So I, I wanted to judge it for myself. And my honest opinion is that although there are a few jokes in there that are quite good and funny, the show is fucking miserable. Um, <laughs> Mindy Colling, who is a great writer, delivers all of her lines so flat and emotionless. Is she oh Velma? My, no, no. Yeah, she's Velma. Okay. I, I know terrible. nothing about this the show. Uh, it's just purposely. the war- she sounds so unenthused about everything, and then uh, Glenn or oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, from from what's always sunny, it's Glenn Howerton. Yeah, yeah, Glenn Howerton is Fred. He well, that that carries. The only thing I can tell you about Fred is. For a show that's supposed to be about including people and and all be about like, hey, we're going to include people in here. We're we're going to stop like uh, the hate. We're going to have a multicultural cast. There's going to be characters that had different uh, gender identities and, and sexual identities, and we're going to really kind of play with the fact that diversity is a thing that's not in there. Great, but then you bring on Fred, and all you do is make fun of him for having a hormone imbalance and a small dick. And I'm like, you're judging. So you're making fun of someone for two things. They have no fucking control over. And you're sitting there trying to preach inclusive, like being inclusive. No, you're, you're doing the opposite. Yeah. It's a little like, hypocritical. I, I get making fun of rich white men. That's fine. But making fun of these particular things are things that they have no power over. They, they can't control these things. So mm. it's, it's kind of, hateful in a way that makes it really hard to watch. And then Shaggy is called Norville and it's Sam Richardson, who I absolutely love. Uh, His character 
is just kind of there. And I don't, I can't really say anything about him. Like he's just there. It's like there's a couple jokes with him that work and most of them don't. There's no Scooby-Doo, which we know that that's been a big thing about people. And then Constance Wu plays Daphne and Daphne's like a drug dealer selling drugs to kids in this. And I, I think that they're trying to play up the whole, like, uh, what's that Zendaya show? You know, they're trying to do that euphoria thing with her, but like, in the end, this is just a fucking mess of ideas that don't go together and in no way whatsoever needed to have the Scooby-Doo IP put on it. I think the show wouldn't be hated as much as if it was all original characters, to be honest. Sure. But it's just like, it feels like a, a, a 14-year-old trying to be edgy by doing edgy things. And it's a shame too, because I really do like Mindy Colling and I really wanted this to work. And I was actually excited when I saw the trailer for this, where she is like complaining about uh, them remaking the Jetsons. And she, they're doing this thing that she Hulk did perfectly. And this show is making it look like trash where it's like, we're going to, make fun of the people that are going to make fun of this. Cause we know why they're doing it, but it's like, no, you're way off on this one. The show's just bad. I mean, it's got the worst rating of anything on almost every site at this point. Like it's below dragon ball evolution. Just not good. Um, just avoid it. Like, you know, people hate watching it or watching it just because of curiosity. And because of that, it's views are really high and it's going to get a second season because of that. So, like, if you really want to hurt this thing and you really want to hate it, just don't watch it. Simple Which, as that. I'm sorry. If this is getting another season and Wednesday doesn't, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty, that's sad. Because Wednesday was yeah. good and it got canceled. Well, you know, Netflix. Yeah, they're like, making decision after decision that makes me not want to have Netflix. I, I don't understand their their decisions sometimes. I don't know what kind of numbers they're wanting, but, like, Wednesday, even if the numbers weren't that big, that was like a really big cultural minute there, the whole Wednesday dance thing. Oh, hell yeah. So, like, you you literally got yourself um, a guaranteed watch for season two for people wanting to hope there's going to be a second meme come out of it, you know, a second thing. And no, you know, it's like they're like, no, we're not going to risk that. It's like, what are you fucking doing, man? Like, I, I don't get it, man. I don't understand them at all. I Netflix is one of the most confusing companies on the planet to me. Like, we're getting another extraction movie. That movie was fucking terrible. And I like the cast, but that movie was terrible. But then they're canceling things like the the uh, Dark Crystal prequel got canceled. And that was fantastic. And, like, critics loved it. And they talked about how good it was. And they're like, oh, the numbers aren't good enough. I'm like, what kind of numbers do you need? What kind of numbers did Extraction get? You know? I'm... Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> video game wise, uh, I've been playing mostly just uh, Magic the Gathering Arena. I know that for Magic the Gathering fans, Arena is kind of poison and they hate it. But, you know, like if you only play Magic once a week and you want to play it a little more, Arena is a good little free way to like get in there and just kind of play some games, you know. So I do play a little bit of Arena. Yeah. Uh, I also just some music. So I got a band for you it's called dead man's bones right they're yeah. kind of like this gothic indie uh rock thing and uh the lead singer is actually ryan gosling ah how about that and 
very interesting how he does things. They have an album that they put out uh, during COVID that was really good. There's a song called Pop Pop Power. Boy, that really pops in the mic. Pop Pop Power. <laughs> that is just really fun to listen to. Play it's that just one at an angle. It's got a creepy, yeah. It's got a creepy like vibe to it, and there's like a choir of kids singing in the background. Just real fun indie music. By the way, I'm gonna suggest music to you guys that is gonna be pretty off the wall. I, I my music taste where Jesse listens to everything. I like listening to if I see if I'm going through on Spotify and I find a artist that only has a thousand listens, I'll give it a listen just to kind of see like, what are these thousand people doing here? You know, what are they, what are they? There's a thousand people that enjoy this. It can't, that can't be just, these are the guys that are my friends, you know? So I'm always kind of interested in why there's these low number guys. So I'll listen to stuff like that. So I'll run into weird, uh, weird bands that, and not to sound like a hipster, but things that you may not have heard of. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start suggesting. Uh, I was listening to uh, them before they were cool. Yeah, I mean, there's no way I was listening to Ryan Gosling before he was cool. That guy seems like he's pretty I'm cool. Pretty sure he left the womb cool. Yeah, he came out eating and took a bite out of an apple and threw it behind him. Could you not drink your drink with a little fucking straw? Looks like you're sucking <laughs> on a schwanz. <laughs> uh, oh yeah i forget he plays the cool guy in that movie yeah amazing uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm watching that's what i'm listening to. that's what i'm playing that's uh oh, and nice. then of course uh, as you all know uh you follow me on tiktok i'm brando supreme i always gotta remember <laughs> i changed it recently I'm Brando Supreme on TikTok, and you can find us on Facebook, Box Office Bomb Squad. But all of this can be found on the website. Jesse? BoxOfficeBombSquad.com. You can go there and uh, check out contact cards, basically, at this point is what we're looking at. Um, you can also go to Anchor.fm, read the show notes, and leave us a voicemail message if you'd like to. We'd love to hear from you. <clears throat> Maybe not, but hey. Uh, and then leave us money at the bottom. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. What the fuck are her powers? Do you want laser raptors? Because that's how you get laser raptors. I hate you know so much. <laughs> there he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live? and too rare to die.